God's grace and his mercy and his peace are yours. Through faith in our one and only Savior, Christ, Christ our, our King. Amen. So do you consider yourself to be the trusting type? Or do you consider yourself to be naturally suspicious? And I guess it doesn't matter which answer you say because I'll tell you, you are suspicious people. Because you have been taken advantage of. Do you remember the first time? Do you remember the first time that someone promised you something or someone set out an expectation and didn't deliver the goods? And from that moment, you have been suspicious. Welcome to the world. I say that because we are naturally suspicious people, uncertain in whom we can trust, because even if you have had the best case scenario in your life, I can guarantee you that at least one person at one time has let you down. And most likely multiple people have. In fact, we've come to expect it. Which is why when someone says something to you or makes a promise to you, one of your first questions is, really? Because we've had people fail us before. I, I want to know what you have done in your lives to fail other people. But before I hear that, I want you to know one of the times I failed my family. It was the macaroni and cheese debacle that maybe you've heard me speak of before. It was the time when I failed my family because I was going to prepare a very gourmet meal, Kraft mac and cheese. And you guys tell me where I went wrong. If you've ever made such a delicious meal, you put water on the stove. You bring it up to a boil. You with me? You put the macaroni into the water. You allow the macaroni to boil, to cook, until it gets to that right texture. And then what do you do? You put the cheese in, right? That's what I did. And then I said, oh, I probably should have drained the water at which time I drained the water along with the cheese. <laughs> and I gave my girls noodles. They don't trust me anymore in the kitchen. I failed them, and as a result, this was many, many years ago, many years ago, it takes a while to earn trust back. If only the worst that's happened to us was a case of poorly made macaroni and cheese. But that's not the case, is it? The reality is, as you think through your lives, 
you realize that it's hard for us to put our trust in someone or even something because we have been let down. We've been failed, and not just once, but multiple times. And so this morning, when we gather together on this Christ the King Sunday, on a Sunday in which we say, welcome home, it almost seems too good to be true, welcome home into the presence of your God because we're saying he is the one who will never fail you. And it's true. And we're going to let him prove that to us time and time again. That's what we have in Christ. We have the one who will never fail us. And so as we delve into that point, we also have a chance to dive into God's word. And at first it might seem like a, a part of scripture that, that maybe is better applied in a different way, but... Together, we'll find out why we have in Christ the one who will never fail us. And so I'm going to read to you from Jeremiah chapter 23. Jeremiah would be that Old Testament prophet who was dealing with the people of Israel in a very turbulent time. And this is what he says to them as he's speaking the Lord's message. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my people. Because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not bestowed care on them, I will bestow punishment on you for the evil you have done, declares the Lord. I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them, and will bring them back to their pasture where they will be fruitful and increase in number. I will place shepherds over them who will tend them, and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up to David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely, and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord, our righteousness. It's the word of our Lord. Jeremiah is not pulling any punches in this section. I started reading to you from verse 2 of this chapter, but now I'm just going to back it up for a second to verse 1. This is how that chapter starts. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. And then it continues on. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says to the shepherds who tend my people. Woe to them, he says. He says, you guys are in trouble. You who are the shepherds of God's precious flock. So before we go any further, to whom is Jeremiah talking? He's talking to the shepherds, the the caretakers of the people of Israel. And in the specific context, he's not just talking to pastors, who are shepherds of spiritual flocks. He's also talking to the leaders of that nation, whether they were the political leaders, the kings, the government officials, 
He's saying, in his own words, he's saying, you guys have failed my people. You have let them down. They put their trust in you. Woe to you. Because you have not been shepherding my people correctly. And so you push the fast forward button and you realize that whether it was the nation of Israel at the time of Jeremiah, some seven or eight hundred years before Christ, or whether it is 2,019 years after the coming of Christ, we look to our leaders today, we look to anyone who has been entrusted with taking care of us, and can you say without breaking into a little smirk that we haven't been let down? We've been failed. And if it's not the leaders, it's other people in our lives. We, we know the effect of being failed, of, 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 of people letting us down, of, of being betrayed, of people not making good on their promises. We've gotten so used to it, we actually come to expect it. And guess who is being thrown into that whole mix now? It's not just our political leaders, but maybe you've also been sold a false sense of security from a pastor at one time. Or maybe it was a friend of yours who decided to to try to make you feel better by telling you exactly what they thought you needed to hear, but what they thought you needed to hear wasn't the truth. And so they sold you a lie. And who of us can say that we've never said something not 100% accurate to our children just to get them off our back? And yet when the child realizes that, what happens? Can I really trust you? And so this is the situation to which Jeremiah is addressing the nation of Israel, and he says, woe to you, because you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not, dis- not bestowed care on them. He's describing the people who are not treating God's people, his flock, with the honesty and respect that they ought. But of course they're not. Think about what we do by nature. It is really hard for us to be spokesmen, whether we're a government official, whether we are a pastor, whether we are a parent, whether we are a friend. It's very difficult for us to be a spokesman of the king when we ourselves want to be king. Don't you see that in your own lives? It's hard for us to pass a message on to another when we want to change the message to suit our needs. You see, what we do on Christ the King Sunday is we realize that so often we are vying for the title of kings, even though it frequently happens in the secret recesses of our heart. Because we want to be the one in charge. And so we will tell people what we think they want to hear or what we think they ought to hear. We will tell people what we need to hear in order to make us look good. We can change messages, we can manipulate messages. We can give people a false sense of security all because we want to make it so that we look good. Which would have been the exact situation of the leaders of Israel at that time 
And yet, what's the danger? By doing so, they were clouding the people's vision to their true king. And unless you say, oh, it's just a game, it doesn't really matter, do you realize what was at stake at that time? It's the very word of God that was being altered. I don't know that that always resonates with us because we use that phrase so often. We come to church or we open the Bible and we talk about how this is God's word or that we're coming into the presence of God because this is the word that he gave to us. But do you realize that if you take that seriously, if we have the almighty God's word in our presence, how dare we think that we can change it? That's nothing less than trying to usurp the throne of Christ the King. And every time we do that, we are failing those who are around us even as we fail our own heart. Which is why on Christ the King Sunday, we are reminded what kind of an amazing king we have. He's not one who turned his back on us. He's not one who said, nuts to you for trying to take my crown. This is what he says. I will place shepherds over them who will tend them, and they will no longer be afraid or terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord, because the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up to David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his day, Judah will be saved. Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteousness. You see, what God does is he looks at the mess that's been created by the sinful world. He looks at the mess that is uh, uh, residing in our own sinful hearts and he says, this anarchy needs to stop. I will provide the true king and the true king will be seen by the fact that he will reign in a righteous way and then hand it to you. This is the Lord that never fails us. This is the one who we can always rely on because he is the king who is righteous, who is perfect, who is without any sin or any blemish. This is describing what Jesus is for us. He's the one who came in righteousness. But what truly makes him amazing is not only that he is perfect, but he's our righteousness. He hands it to us. He says, I came here for a reason, to rule in your hearts and to make you pure so that you can be in my kingdom, not only now, but for eternity. Do you realize how significant that little word our is? On Christ the King Sunday, we can trust in the one who will never fail us because we see that he has completed his task. When we put everything together, whether it's his perfect life or his, his innocent suffering and death, 
or his miraculous and yet truthful resurrection from the dead, we realize that we have one who has death in his hand and came out victorious. We realize that his righteousness was fully sufficient. And then we have all of the myriad of passages in Scripture which say that through, excuse me, through faith in him, we now wear his righteousness. He won't fail us because he didn't fail us. In that righteousness that he won for us, that our king gained for us, we can put it to the test. We can come into the presence of God at any time and we will see that he does not fail us because even the worst thought that minds our head, we allow Christ's righteousness to cover it up and we see it forgiven. Even the worst action that our hands have carried out, we lay it at the foot of the cross and we see Christ, our righteousness, our righteous king, allow his righteousness to cover that act as well. Even the most sharp and painful word that we have thrown at another person, the Lord, our righteousness, has covered up on our behalf. He has not let you down, nor will he ever, because the deed is done, the victory is won. Welcome home to a place where you can actually put your trust and your confidence in one who won't fail you. And no, I'm not saying that's me. A fallible human being Given getting together with other fallible human beings. But I am saying that as we, when we put forth the name of Christ. Because when you come to a church like this, and you find your home here, you do so not because of the stellar personalities of everyone here, You do so not because of only the friendships that exist, although those are important. You do so because you know that here you will always be directed to Christ, our King, our righteousness. Welcome home to the one who will never fail you. The one that you can go running to at any given time and you can be reminded that the Lord, our righteousness continues to be the perfect source of comfort even in the greatest moment of human need. And he will never disappoint because his righteousness endures forever. As for me, it's probably been over 10 years and only now am I starting to get my macaroni and cheese credibility back. It takes a while for people to trust again. And you know that. As you have hurt or harmed people in your lives, and trust has to be rebuilt. In Christ, never once has he let us down. He came through with every promise that had to happen. His righteousness came, and then he handed it to us in faith. And we hold him to it because he will never fail. Amen.
And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, may it guard your hearts and your mind in Christ our Lord. Amen.